Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii, and the Sports Map Radio Network. It is Legends of Sport Friday, and I am joined by my good friend, Hall of Famer, it's Andy Bernstein. How are you, my friend? Arash, I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be with you, pal, and your audience. Um, so great uh, with your your show and adventure and um, sporting tribute and everything, man. Just happy to be here. I am so pumped. I've been a big fan of yours before we became friends. Your posters, your pictures were on my <laughs> walls. Showtime yeah. Lakers. And the great thing about your uh, podcast, each and every Friday, you've had the ability to catch up with so many of the players, coaches, executives that you've covered. Um, and this first one, I got to be honest with you, Andy, I love it. Bill Walton yeah. and Ralph Lawler, not only two Hall of Famers, but two great guys, right? Um, unbelievable, Arash. You know, I've been doing this podcast for, now it's in the sixth season. So we're getting close to 200 episodes. The very first guest I had on the podcast was Bill Walton. Um, and you can imagine how that went. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I asked him a question and uh, put down the mic and came back 40 minutes later and he was still talking. Um, but it was a great way to kick off. Great, great way to kick off the podcast way back. And uh, now um, with Ralph's new book, Ralph Lawler's new book, Bingo, 40 Years in the NBA, um, it was only fitting that I would have Ralph, the author himself, um, legendary Hall of Fame broadcaster, and his sidekick, his partner for 13 years on the Clipper broadcast, Bill Walton, together. I, I almost had to be careful what I asked for because uh, – it became the Bill Walton show, you know, and Ralph and I was just kind of, <laughs> as you can imagine, because I'm sure you've interviewed and talked to Bill many times. I love him to death. Um, one of the true incredible personalities in our business, not to mention one of the greatest basketball players of all time. You touched. But we were really there to we really there to celebrate Ralph's book and his yeah. 60 year broadcasting career. Before we hear the first part of your conversation with both men, you, you talked about how you've known both during your entire career, beginning with the San Diego Clippers where Bill was a player. Uh, what do you remember about the first time that you met these two men? Well, that's a good question. I, I remember very specifically shooting Bill as a San Diego Clipper back in the day. Um, the beginning of my career had to be around 81, 82, 83. And then um, I didn't know Ralph when he was working for the Clippers in San Diego. But, of course, when they came to L.A. in 84, um, Bill is a player, Ralph is a broad broadcaster. We became friends almost instantly. I remember Bill 
having this little toddler that he would uh, bring to practice who ended up being Luke Walton. That's right. <laughs> Great NBA player, champion, coach, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, Ralph, um, I just quickly gravitated to Ralph's personality. He and his wife, who he calls Sweet Joe, yeah. uh, taking many, many uh, trips with the Clippers and Ralph and Joe being on those trips. And, and uh, they were quite the duo, he and, he and Bill, I got to tell you, unbelievable. And the stories they share on this podcast that were in Ralph's book, and even a couple that were not in the book, um, it's, it's just a gold mine of, of fun and information and walk down memory lane with these guys. You shot so many of those uh, Clippers games, but I got to be honest with you, like as a fan, uh, the, 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 the thing that made those guys so great, they made a bad basketball game fun to watch. The camaraderie and the chemistry that those two men had in mm -hmm. hearing the podcast. And again, you, you folks are just going to get a snippet uh, of, of just the chemistry. And again, just like good friends, you don't have to talk yeah. to each other for years, but once you get connected again, they pick up right where they left off. All right, Andy, we are going to hear the first part of your amazing conversation with Bill Walton and Ralph Lawler right here on Legends of Sport Friday. Here we go. Ralph, I thanks for stopping by. The incredible stories revealed in yes. Bingo. Well, I've known Ralph since 1974 mm -hmm. when I was the guest of honor in one of the finest press conferences ever oh, held in Philadelphia. <laughs> I, I showed up there. Yeah. I showed up in Philadelphia. I was uh, on the worldwide NBA press tour for the number one draft choice in the NBA. And mm -hmm. Ralph was there. He was looking for scandalous information. Oh, yeah, right. I was coming from church on my way, <laughs> on my way to the library. Right. Ralph interrupted me, and things have never been the same since. Bingo! Bingo! Well, Ralph then, you, know what I, you know what I just came across? <laughs> What? I was participating in the Paul Allen art auction, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I was the high bidder on this incredible story, The Long Strange Trip of Ralph Lawler. Oh, that's, that's, that's a great painting. This is, uh, well, it's not showing up very well. Yeah, it's kind of fading into your virtual background there, buddy, but that's okay. And so are you, virtual. but that's the hell of the story. I thought we were live and in person. Yeah, we, we are, but you're using Where a, are you guys? You're using a virtual background. So, Where are you guys? So, oh, my gosh. Bill, now that you open the door, I want to know from Ralph, because that, that was the first time you met Bill, right, Ralph? Is that 74 uh, press conference? Yeah, I guess it was the first time I'd seen him play basketball in high school. And yeah. Uh, in college, of course, but we, uh, as he said, the, the number one pick in the draft would rather than go to the arena and get hounded by fifty different, you know, reporters. I was never hounded. To the, to the <laughs> Just relax, Bill. Go 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 have a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with Lori for a minute while I talk about you. Uh, and so they, they they had this assemblage at a hotel in downtown uh, Philadelphia where. The trailblazers were staying, and there's a whole bunch of reporters and cameramen and uh, writers and radio guys packed into this little room for a, for a three o'clock meeting with Bill. And, and by three thirty, everybody's getting pretty darn restless. And finally, Bill ambles in with their PR guy and sits down. He's got a bandana on, long red hair with a ponytail, <laughs> a lumberjack shirt on. Uh, blue jeans and big hiking boots and he stretches out 
I'll tell you, his seven-foot frame, not his 6'11 frame, his 6'11, a seven-foot frame, and there was no question it was the last place on earth that Bill wanted to be. And he just mumbled answers, and it well, was, I was... I was dressed appropriately for the moment. I gave it everything I had. I'm a lifelong oh, stutterer. I never felt comfortable yeah. in that position in my life. Well, I can understand that now. Yeah. But at the time, it was like, what's wrong with this guy? He's right. the number one pick in the draft. He somehow graduated from UCLA for crime. With honors. Yeah. With honors in three and a half years, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bill, what, what I found really... Bingo! 40 I, years in the NBA. Yes. Wow, what a story. Let's hold it up story. again. But, Bill, a- Bill, I got to ask you this, man. What, what I found really interesting about your story okay is that this is about no no no. i just want to know something is that there were two two midwestern older men that were really pivotal in your life one was john wooden of course from indiana who was your coach right and still revered mentor you've heard of john Wooden? i have heard of him i actually met him okay and and the second is ralph lawler i said you to come out from under that rock (laughs) and this but the second is ralph lawler Right. So we all know we all know about your relationship with Coach Wooden. What was it about Ralph? What what why is he so important to you as a person? Ralph saved my life. Uh Ralph gave me a new life. Mm -hmm. Ralph is as smart, as intelligent, as interesting, as creative, as brilliant, as kind, as generous Hmm. As fine a human being as I've ever come across. And Finally, he's making sense. <laughs> here I was, uh, all these years, wandering aimlessly, lost and confused in the desert, mm-hmm. a lost sailor, away too long at sea, drifting too far from the shore. And all of a sudden, I came across this true saint of circumstance. Hmm. And the name happened to be Ralph. Right. And it was just an incredible twist of fate. And I was waiting, I was searching, I was just clamoring for salvation. Mm -hmm. And there he was. The amazing thing about uh, Ralph Lawler, about John Wooden, about Larry Bird, and about Steve Garfin, all these guys from the Midwest, like Bob Dylan, too, all these little tiny guys, right, (laughs) who, who never spoke about themselves. They were completely selfless mm. until he started yelling, bingo. <laughs> and then here it was, they, the world exploded and turned upside down. And I was looking around. I didn't see any ping pong balls flying through the air with numbers on them. And I looked back and there the jumper was going through the net. Oh, uh, and, and here it was with this phenomenal spirit, mm-hmm. a rare, different dude, mm-hmm. a spiritual force of nature like few others. Mm-hmm. And this guy who gave his life so that other people's dreams could come true. Mm-hmm. And all these guys are the same, mm-hmm. whether John Wooden, Ralph Lawler, Steve Garfin, my spine surgeon, Larry Bird, all from the Midwest, Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were never about themselves. Mm-hmm. They were always about the show. They're always about the game. They're always about what other people were doing. Mm-hmm. And now, my friend Ralph, my friend Ralph has put together this epic masterpiece, which when I'm reading it, I was just, just enthralled as can be with all the historical antidotes, all the stories that I did not know. I mean, I lived with the guy forever. And I didn't know all this stuff. I can only imagine what 
Joan thought when she read the book. I didn't know any of that. There was oh, a, there was God. some gems in there. I got to tell you. I mean, you guys, you know, share a lot of things in common. I mean, you both have strong, loving, supportive wives, right, Lori and oh, Joe. My wife Lori is the greatest everything ever. Absolutely. Something that yeah. She's not a thing though. I'm trying to think she's of a man. She's, she's not a thing. A gift. But she is the greatest everything ever. Right. And she's our CEO, our chief everything officer. Yeah. But I, I got. I have to now, know. Here I am finding myself finding myself out on this peninsula, <laughs> surrounded totally by water and sharks and whales and jagged rocks and. And, I, and I'm here with true legends of the sport with Ralph Lawler and Andy Bernstein, well, two people who I've spent so much of my life with. And to be able to drift and dream and to think, to think of what my life has turned into because of Ralph Lawler, the simple twist of fate that mm-hmm. happened one day in 1990 at Pacific Beach. The yeah. fact that the fact that Ralph Lawler who knew my entire family, knows my entire family. A lot of the people that Ralph uh, knew so well are now passed away. But you know, he, the fact that he knew my mom, who was a librarian, who inspired my love for reading. Mm-hmm. You know, we grew up without a television set. And, you know, here was Ralph Lawler growing up in this world that was nurtured around entertainment and theatrical stage performances with his, you know, he, he keeps trying to tell us that he's from Peoria, but he's really from Toledo and, uh, and all this different stuff that went down here. And now it's all, now it's all coming true because when you write something down, it's one thing to sit there behind the microphone and say something, but then to write it down where people can go yeah. back it is supposed to be about ralph but you know we we know you sitting there we know you and love you bill and we we didn't expect anything different uh ralph could you talk about that fortuitous day uh, what was it 19 did you say it was 1990 it was in the fall of 1990 yeah and you write about it in the book and and i wasn't aware of this at all i didn't know this history ralph tell us what happened that day with bill and then I'll clean what up. So I'll clean up the errors in fact. <laughs> <laughs> what what is so interesting, and and Bill touched on it there, is how chance moments uh, wind up impacting your life forevermore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had it numerous times, and this time with Bill, it just so happened that Joe and I were at the beach. We were thirsty. We decided to go to the Seven Eleven. Uh, we could have just kept walking in the beach, but we didn't. We went to the Seven Eleven at the same time that Bill pretty badly needed a beer, and so oh, was, did I ever need a beer and probably more? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bill was retired for a year or two or something. Retired? I've never been retired. I was forced to change. Well, you you, you could no longer run, jump, and do that kind of stuff for sure. And, so I needed a new life. And he didn't know where he was going. And so we were talking in line, waiting to get to the front of the line to get our beers. And um, I said, what are you, you going to do? I have no idea. No, who knows? And um, I said, well, why don't you come be a broadcaster? You know, we'd, we'd love to have you on our games. And Bill was, like, startled at the, at the thought of it. Uh, or as he would have said then, the th- 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 thought of it, uh, because he, he still had his stutter and stammer. And he can explain to you how he got rid of that. God love him. It's one of the great accomplishments of his entire life. Mm-hmm. And as I recall, Bill, you, you went and broadcast some games and the 
the old Continental Basketball Association on radio for free just to kind of get a feel for what it was like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it became uh, a magical 13 years uh, in, in my career. It, it changed uh, everything about how I thought about uh, doing a basketball game. It was entertainment. It wasn't just uh, X's and O's and, and calling every play exactly right. It was uh, a lot of our games were not very damn entertaining in those days. Believe That's me. not true. That was some of the greatest broadcast material ever. <laughs> they would, they would take, give us material. Yes. Yeah. They would, they would take the tapes of the game straight to the radio and television hall of fame. <laughs> it was incredible. I mean, I, I, I didn't see those or hear those tapes when I was at the hall of fame, but I'll hunt for them next time I'm there for sure. But, but to clear up just a few misconceptions from that, uh, from that oh. story, R- Ralph has been, uh, uh, away from the microphone for a while. And so I was wandering aimlessly on the beach. I had just had my ankle fused on March 15th, 1990. And that's a really long recovery, you know, six to nine months minimum before you get going. So I'm at the six or seven month mark already, barely moving around. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've learned over the course of my life that the best therapy for foot problems, foot and ankle problems, or to go down to the beach, which is just down the way from where we live here in my hometown of San Diego, and walk in the soft sand for a little bit, get your foot moving as much as you can, but with an ankle fusion, there's no movement whatsoever, but it does stimulate the muscles and then go down into the cold water. The Pacific Ocean is always cold, no matter what time of year it is, and then be done with it. And so I was doing that as I did a lot. I spent half my adult life in the hospital. Mm. And here it was. I've had 39 orthopedic operations. Both my ankles are fused. Both my knees are replaced. My hands and wrists don't work. My spine's been rebuilt, reconstructed, replaced. And you look at my face. And, I mean, for those of you who are still playing basketball, who are lucky enough, realize it. I broke my nose 14 times playing basketball. What? I had my teeth knocked out 10 different times. Oh my God. For those lucky enough to still play basketball, don't play defense with your face. Yeah. This is what happened. <laughs> and so I, I, I need a beer. I need more than a beer, but this is a family show here. Yeah. And so I needed a big beer. And so I walked from the beach up to the 7-Eleven, and I'm standing there in line trying to buy a beer. And... In front of me is Ralph. And he looks at me and says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to buy a beer. What does it look like I'm doing? Said, That's not what I meant. I said, what are you doing with your life? I said, I have no idea. Yeah. And he said, well, I've got an idea. And so the idea was for me to become his, his potted plant, mm-hmm. you know, his prop. And Mike Fratello already had the job. And so Mike Fratello, a great friend of all of ours, um, Ralph went back to Los Angeles. I'm a San Diego guy. And so Ralph went back to Los Angeles, talked to the executive producer, Mike Weissman, and convinced him he thought it was a good idea. (laughs) Nobody else thought this was a good idea but Ralph. And then Mike Fratello was kind enough, was generous enough 
to say, okay, you know, let's give it a try. Mm-hmm. And then I, I come sauntering in on day one with no clue whatsoever what to do and sit down and the rest is history. And then Mike eventually, Mike Fratello, eventually just voluntarily, he just said, you guys can take this on. I think I think he wanted to get as far away from me as possible. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but I mean, but it, it, it was such a joy. Yeah. You know, I, I've been part of some of the greatest teams ever. I'm a team guy. Mm-hmm. And I just love the team aspect. I love the interaction. I love the talking back and forth, even though I couldn't talk being a lifelong stutterer. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to get to work every day because yeah. Ralph was such. Ralph is such a genius. And it was very much like a Grateful Dead show. Mm-hmm. It was very much like Bob Dylan, like Neil Young. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, an amazing first part of that conversation. Again, want to remind you, at Legends of Sport. You can follow them on Instagram, Twitter, uh, hear the full podcast at the Die Hard Dapple, Spotify, as well as on YouTube. Just amazing conversations. Uh, and and again, when you have a couple of Hall of Famers like that talking about their their careers, and I can't tell you the the number of times I'm watching the Clippers and the game is not a good game, but you got to listen to what Bill Walton has to say, Ralph Lawler, the amazing chemistry and camaraderie that those two guys, and it's really shining through, and it will in the next part of this conversation. So let's leave it there for now, and when we come back, we're going to hear some more of the amazing Ralph Lawler, Bill Walton on Legends of Sport Friday when we come back on the Mighty or 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, and the Sports Map Radio network we'll be right back with the arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio time there's nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 um, ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii, and the Sports Map Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment, or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call the Circus Sports Guest Hotline 310-400-0340. But it is Legends of Sport Friday, and I can't tell you how excited I am. Each and every Friday, Hall of Famer, it's Andy Bernstein. Andy, first part of your conversation, Bill Walton, I had no idea. He credits Ralph Lawler with saving his life. Incredible. Yeah, un- unbelievable story. I mean, I wasn't aware of this story till I read it in the book, and of course, they they reiterated it and uh, glowingly talked about how how Bill was kind of at a crossroads of his life. He actually was in a real down period. He had had I don't know the the twenty third surgery or something, literally on his ankles, 
of course, out of basketball, was kind of directionless. And there was this happenstance meeting that they met in 1990, waiting on line at a 7-Eleven down in San Diego. They just happened to be in the same line. Um, Ralph and Joe had been at the beach. Bill was walking at the beach for therapy for his feet. And, uh, you know, Ralph struck up a conversation, asked Bill what he was doing. He could sense that Bill was was pretty down and pretty directionless at that point. He said, well, why don't you just try broadcasting? Why don't you just try it? Mm -hmm. And Bill was very, um, very reluctant, to say the least, because Bill was a lifelong stutterer, first of all. He's always very self-conscious of his stuttering. Um, Ralph convinced him to get help with his stuttering, but that Bill was just such a a goldmine of of information and, and was you know, had so much basketball knowledge and IQ. And uh, lo and behold, um, things worked out. Mike Fratello, who was, who was uh, Ralph's partner at the time on the Clipper broadcast, and um, it, once they had moved to L.A., uh, Mike very graciously stepped aside, let Bill fill that chair as, as um, co-host with Ralph. And the rest is history, really. I mean, they talk about how uh, they saw a lot of bad basketball, <laughs> but... Ralph took that, you know, spun that the other way, that he actually saw great basketball. I mean, he saw Michael Jordan. He saw Magic Johnson. He saw all the greats. You know, he said, unfortunately, it wasn't the Clippers that would play a great basketball, but (laughs) he was able to play great basketball. And then, of course, they talk about how things have have drastically turned around, 180, since Steve Ballmer bought the team and, and how the promise of the Clippers is being fulfilled by... Steve and his organization, and, and now with the Intuit Dome being built, oh. um, and you know, one day we'll see a banner hanging on on a wall, either at Crypto.com Arena or at at the Intuit Dome. I'm convinced of it. Before we get to the second part of your conversation, we are just playing half of your amazing sit down with Bill with Ralph. How can fans a hear the whole thing, but b we I, I'm so excited for this partnership because. Like each and every Friday, we are going to hear from the greats. Hey, how, how did you come up with the show, and how can fans hear the show? Well, the show was uh, was born about seven years ago. Um, the great and late, I must say, Norm Pattis, yes. one, one of my great friends, your friend, a fixture at uh, at the forum at Staples Center, Crypto.com Arena. You know, everyone knew Norm. He sat next to the Laker bench at the rolled up program. Was always you know, was, was the most diehard Laker fan, he and his dear wife, Mary. Um, we lost, uh, unfortunately, we lost Norm this week. Um, very, very, very sad. But Norm approached me about uh, taking a show that I had, had developed for the Lakers, a TV show, actually, and moving it to his podcast, One Network. And at the time, my partners at Legends of Sport uh, and I were trying to launch this platform in some way. And the podcast was the vehicle for that. And so Norm actually gave me that opportunity. And uh, like I said, we're in our sixth season now, 180 podcasts uh, and counting. I love it. Um, New guests every week. Sometimes we replay classic episodes with everyone from Kobe and Magic and David Stern and across the board of, of sports celebrities and personalities. 
Yeah, I, I'm so pumped for this. And, and you guys, you fans out there, you get to hear it teach and every Friday. So now let's listen to the second part of Andy's conversation with Bill and Ralph right here on Legends of Sport Friday. Ralph, what really struck me also about in the book was, was just the journey through all of the years with the Clippers. You know, I mean, we don't have to recant it all and the fans will know what we're talking about. But the fact that, well, first of all, I hope you guys realize that after Ralph retired, I'm the last standing guy who was there on opening night of 1984 wow. when the Clippers wow. moved to L.A. The last no way. one. The last You're guy. the last guy? Yeah, the first was Carl Lair, then Ralph, and then me. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, the rest of them are all in jail, right? <laughs> Jury's out on that one, Bill. I don't know. But, where, where a lot of them belong. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah because on, on that team, yeah. the checks bounced higher than the ball. Oh, yeah. There's some oh, great stories God. in here. And, yep. and, you know, worst basketball ever and basically criminal business behavior. <laughs> it, it, it was, yeah, the, the, the NBA, the National Basketball Players Association, they worked. <laughs> full-time just on the Clippers. <laughs> what was going on with the Clippers, oh, of course. But what's unbelievable is, you know, Let's I start... Let's say something nice about uh, Steve Ballmer. Well, this is, what, this is what I'm going to say. Wait, hold on. Let me, let me get it out. So I started off in the sports arena, right, which which the boss, we Bruce himself, called the jump, the... the the dump there. that jumps, right? The dump that jumps. He loved that place, Springsteen. I shot all my games there, and then we moved to Staples Center. And now he's building, Bomber is building a $2 billion, billion with a B, <laughs> dollar yeah. arena, the Intuit Dome. I mean, I can't even get my mind around how the franchise has gone from there to there. It's just, so, and so I, I speak constantly around the country on. Yeah. The value and the elements, the qualities of leadership. Mm-hmm. Ballmer is the epitome mm-hmm. of leadership mm-hmm. because he took what was a farce and he made it into a, a shining ball of excellence and perfection. Mm-hmm. And all the different people that he has in there and the players, and we just hope that all the guys can stay healthy as players and get going again because. What a group of guys. And Ty Lu is a fantastic coach. And, and uh, Lawrence Frank and Gillian and all the different people. Uh, Chris Wallace in the PR department. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ralph and I could fill up 10 books on what went down <laughs> in the years when I was a player for the Clippers, when I was the broadcaster for the Clippers. Because I got fired every year as yeah. a broadcaster. I got <laughs> every fired. year, every week. Well, I, sometimes I, uh, during the game, well, I yeah. got fired one. I got fired one season, four different times, <laughs> and uh, during the season, and I got fired. One of those times was during halftime of the game. <laughs> they, just, they just came over. They just took my headset and said, "You're out of here." And I, and it was basically like with John Wooden when he would say, "You know, Bill, it's all fine and good that you think that way, but I'm the coach here. We've enjoyed having you." We're going to finish it. That was like that. You know, you knew, you knew when it was, it was time to go. Right. Right. And I was just, I was so sad because, well, when ABC ESPN bought the contract to the NBA in the Mm. early 2000s, after 13 years, 2003, of being with Ralph, Mm -hmm. uh, there were very serious discussions about having Ralph and me be the broadcast team for ESPN. Mm -hmm. And, Sadly, it didn't come true, and I, I 
Maybe it's because Ralph just held out for too much money. I don't know. <laughs> is that true, Ralph? <laughs> Will you hold it out? Um, but Ralph, how how does it make you feel now? You're re- in retirement. You can step back. I'm sure you're you're watching the Clipper games. You and Joe, you know, maybe with a cocktail at home with your feet up to see how the what has happened. You know, in in the maturation and the the journey of the Clippers and the fact that one day there will be a banner hanging on some arena somewhere, whether it's downtown LA or in Inglewood, I think it's inevitable. Um, you know, how did, after going through everything you did for 40 years, how are you feeling about that? Well, and it goes beyond 40 years, Andy, because my concept for the, for the whole book was goes back to 1946. I was eight years old mm. when the NBA began. Mm-hmm. And we became, my dad and I became NBA fans because George Mikan was uh, the face of the league. He was Mr. Basketball, mm. and we had seen him play at DePaul against our Bradley basketball team. So I followed the league from his first year through its 75th year. Uh, I don't think there's many other people in the world that did that who were also a part of the league for the vast majority of those years. Mm. Um to see the Clippers go from their baby steps in San Diego uh, to making the, the move to Los Angeles, which in hindsight was uh, a bit of business brilliance by by Donald Sterling. Uh, <coughs> settle down, Bill. Uh, but, uh, the strength of my game. <laughs> Bomber taking over the franchise in 2014 from the ashes that were left by you know the the terrible stuff that came out from uh, the the audio audio recording of of uh, Sterling and his his girlfriend Stiviano. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff was always around. Mm-hmm. We, oh, were just, we we it were late. Bad. We were late, and that's our fault. Mm-hmm. I, I I absolutely agree with you, and I I, t- I title uh, one of the chapters of the book the Sterling Stigma. And it was a stigma, and and at times you just we thought, well, I can, can I work under these circumstances? Can, can I work for this man? Mm-hmm. But the league is so great, uh, I, I, the broadcasting is so much fun to do, and I always felt that I worked for the fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I felt that way from day one to the the very last day. Uh, we were there for the fans. I wasn't there for. Donald Sterling or Andy Roser or oh, uh, oh, oh, or medic, medic, please. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it was yeah. it was a great run, and I'm thrilled to see the direction they're going now. I have no regrets at all about having left when I left, mm-hmm. even though a couple of months later they they bring in uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, there was never a moment where I thought, "Oh man, I, I wish I were there." Mm. I might have wished that. Bomber had bought the team 10 years earlier. <laughs> right. About 50 years earlier. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Incredible. So, Ralph. San Diego oh, would also be in San Diego. But, mm. uh, Ralph, uh, speak to us, please, about the impact, the importance of uh, of Hank Vanderheiden in your life when you were uh, at a crossroads, when you thought you were going to be the next Jerry West, when you thought you were going to be the next Bob Pettit <laughs> as a basketball player. Well, I never had those kind of uh, illusions, but uh, I, I, loved, I loved the game. But I was a, a business major at Bradley University in the late 50s, and I, I wasn't enjoying it much, but the thought was I'd, my, my dad and mom had a, a string of drive-in movie theaters and that I would take over them, and that would be my my future carrying on 
you know, what, what they had invested much of their life in. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of my junior year, I, I just, I, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. I just, I hated all my classes. I wasn't happy. And so I had a girlfriend who was taking a bunch of courses in the speech communications and uh, drama department. So I said, okay, we'll have some classes together. So I switched over and I had an introduction to radio class that was taught by a man named Henry Vander Hayden. Mm. And Hank is right. And the entire department was the size of the motel room I'm talking to you (laughs) uh, from right now. Uh And, uh, but the first time I heard my voice come out of a out of a big speaker on the wall after recording it, I went, "Oh my God, this is fun! This is great!" Huh. And Hank kept citing me as as listen, listen to listen to Ralph. That's the way you should do it. And I thought they, they never did that when I was in my accounting class or my economics <laughs> class. They'd say, "Hey, dummy!" Uh, and uh, he got me started. Got us uh, uh, a job at couple little radio stations in town and i have been forever indebted to him he passed a couple of years ago uh sadly but Mm. but we did reconnect uh uh well maybe 10 years ago yeah and uh he'd been following my career amazing i didn't know he even remember who i was but uh without him without irv case without bill walton those and without my sweet joe I would have had no career. Well, and what a career! It's yeah, had. a hell of a career over sixty years of broadcasting, Ralph. Well, incredible because I remember the night in Miami. Yeah, because while we basically completely ignored the producer and the director all the time, <laughs> you know, we treated, we treated them as irrelevant cannon fodder, except for the great, brilliant Michael. We their heads a lot. The Michael Michael Ireland was he was the, one of the few directors in my. <laughs> podcast career that could ever follow my train of thought with the camera right and so we can you know we ralph and i were you know joe and laurie are with us on this road trip down to miami in the early days of the heat franchise and we say hey, we're in miami it's a beautiful day you know let's let's just wear hawaiian shirts you know you know, you know caribbean shirts to the you know for the game tonight and so we did it right <laughs> and so the clippers in classic clipper fashion come out and just lay an egg uh, right it was a brown egg uh, yeah and, and so and so ralph and i got blamed really it's your fault we were, because we were wearing flowered print tummy behind oh my god oh my god well i gotta tell you that, that and so many stories are, are just just gold mine of stuff in here in this book oh, route oh, thank bingo. you so much yeah bingo. 40 years in the nba yes absolutely incredible and i, and, I, I but that but that stuff about Ralph and his parents, yeah. you know, Ralph and Marie mm-hmm. and, and, and his older sister, who, who still lives in Bend to this day, where Ralph spends, Ralph and Joe spend their time in the mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. And just all, all the different things, you got Bradley, class of 61, he comes to San Diego, comes to Riverside. River, Riverside, Riverside, yeah. I know, places. Let me look at the call letters for the station here yeah. on this group. Uh, KPRO, right? Yeah, and, right. and all the different sports. You got it. Very good. Yeah, because uh, look, I have this piece of art here that I got <laughs> at the Paul Allen Art Auction, <laughs> the most successful art auction ever. Oh my god! <laughs> and so, you know, I, I used to do all my shopping on RalphLawler.com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, you get shirts, could get hats, could get little bags. I feel it was incredible, and so. Uh, uh, one time, 
I get to the Clipper game and yeah. uh, I don't know, there was this guy named Michael Smith or something. I don't know who he was, but he would show up every now and again. Right. <laughs> and cause I, I couldn't do every game. Right. So I, but I'm at this one game in Sacramento and for, you know, this is in the beginning stages <laughs> of, of globalization. Right. Right. And so, and so uh, the Clippers are going to add a Spanish language broadcast mm-hmm. to the to the show, yeah. which is fantastic. You know, I, I love all that stuff. Yeah. And so uh, Ralph asked me if I will welcome the audience in Spanish, and I said, "Well, I can't speak Spanish. I can read it. Yeah. I can read Spanish out loud, but I can't speak it fluently, just extemporaneously." <laughs> And so Michael Smith says, no problem, Bill, I'll write up the speech for you. And we'll just, I'll put it on a piece of paper. We'll tape it at the bottom of the camera, like an impromptu teleprompter. And, you know, you can welcome the Spanish audience. So great. So I, you know, he writes it up. I look at it. I rehearse it in my mind a couple of times. And we come on the air and Ralph sort of leads me into this. And I turn to the camera and I read it word for word, perfectly, flawlessly. Beautiful. In, in Spanish, right? Without yeah. stuttering, which is like impossible. And so... Well, what and is, having no idea what he's saying. Yeah. Right. I no idea what I was saying. And but Michael Smith and Ralph had conspired that I was announcing my resignation from Clippers. <laughs> oh, come on. Spanish on this broadcast. I'm through with broadcasting. I'm through oh, with broadcasting. I'm done with this. I've had it. I'm moving <laughs> on in my life. All in Spanish, right? And so... The fans at home, they could understand it. You know, we had Clipper Nation is you know, a huge Hispanic pop uh, element to it, right? Sure. And so they become irate and they start calling the television station. Oh, yeah. Demanding, and, and the demanding that Bill won't be put back on the air. <laughs> and so and they stormed the offices. Then we want Walton. We want Walton. And oh, my God. I that think is- some were applauding. Yes. It was endless. That that we have to end on that story because I hadn't heard that before. Trying to get off that, the air. And that's here, not in like, the book, but it's a podcast. <laughs> I know, but I, I have to be respectful of both your times and also that'll be the first time that's ever happened. Well, <laughs> Ralph, I just got to tell you real quick. Bill was my, the very first guest on the Legends of Sport podcast. He was so gracious. All Star Weekend. We were set up at Staples Center, and Bill comes on. And I, this God's honest truth. I ask him a question question and put down the microphone <laughs> took a walk around the entire suite level <laughs> came back he was still talking so not a big surprise <laughs> i learned so much at, at, at one point here uh yeah some years ago i was inducted into the california sports hall of fame mm-hmm. and will and lori were going to drive out to uh ontario resort in in the desert yeah morongo, and, the morongo resort morongo resort and um so we were all there and assemble, and Bill shows up with his chair, and he didn't know that he was going to be asked to introduce me. Oh, boy. But they asked Bill, will you please introduce Ralph? They told me, we've got about 45 minutes set aside for this part of our presentation at night. Yeah. So Bill got up without a note, without a previous thought, and did 45 minutes of introduction, <laughs> handed it over to me. I said, thank you very much. Our time is up. And that was it. And those who have listened to this podcast will fully understand The easiest job in show business. It is Legends of Sport Friday, each and every Friday, right here on the Arash Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune. Again, if you want to hear the entire conversation, follow at Legends of Sport on IG, Twitter, listen to the full podcast on Die Hard, 
Apple, Spotify, as well as on YouTube. Again, I can't tell you how excited I am for this to be a regular part of our show. Each and every Friday, Legends of Sport Friday, right here on the Arash Markazi Show. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again next week. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.